0: Okay, good morning. Today's Daf is Daf Ches. We're going to go from last four, five words of Daf on with base, seven B. And today's shir is the Ironishma's Chana Ben Benyamin. May her Neshoma have an Aliyah. May her memory be a blessing. It's also for a full shame of Sheina Baskita and Zalman Ben Leah. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Amazing. Okay, so the Gemara is carrying on with teachings of Rav Giddel. Some of them are vaguely connected, a little bit hard to see how they're all connected. But at least this next one is discussing a shvur and it introduces us to a, very in- a few interesting concepts regarding shvur. he so says, Amar, Gidl, Amar Rav, Rav said in the name of Rav, How do we know that you're allowed to take a shvur to fulfill a mitzvah? I if you take a to it sounds like if you take a shvoa to do a mitzvah, <coughs> it's valid. It's a valid shvoa, and if you transgress it, you'll be liable to a korban that you. And because you uh, took the shur. that's the havamina. So the, and he brings the apostle says, Meno I took a and I fulfilled, and I was able to establish in God your." upright laws. So that's David HaMelech speaking in Tehillim and I took a shvur and I fulfilled to fulfill your mitzvahs. So the Gomorrah asks, on answers, that's your statement. He says, well, he says, but wait, he's already taken a shvur on Harisina. So what? So we learn in the seches uh, shvurs that you're not that, that, you know, we say Ein halal shwah. Shwah does not take effect on another shwa and by mitzvahs or at least at least this is by mitzvahs because at mitzvahs we already took a shwa at Sinai that we will fulfill the mitzvahs and not transgress them so how can it and that we know there the apostle comes and excludes therefore taking a shwa on mitzvahs Um, it says by the and when it says that you bring a or the, the source for this is it says by when you bring a karban for transgressing a false word says the haray tif, to do bad or to do good i optional things not mitzvahs so that's uh so how can a come along and say that a shwa to do a mitzvah is valid it should be invalid so how the rabbin going to learn um, Yeah. So how the Raun is going to learn very interestingly is, is that this shwa is that, that this shwa doesn't take effect is only in regards to the korban, but it does take effect in regards to the Israel, do not profane your word. So when we say you're ready to profane Har Sinai. That's to say that you can't be liable for a but you could, if you break your shawl, that you took it to do a mitzvah, etc., you would still be liable for trans- for breaking your word. And you'd get lashes. This is what he's coming to teach us. So that's, that, that's how many want to learn. He says, No, what is coming to teach us, the shawl is permitted for a person, the zaruze nashay to uh, motivate, to inspire themselves. Right, so how the Raj learning again, and I'll explain, is that. What he's saying is that it's actually a good thing to take a letter in this scenario, as we learn from David. David a did it, and if David HaMelech did it, then obviously it is a good thing to do, and that <coughs> really brings the pasuk. Um, not only people, many people were almost piously careful, but partly, I mean, uh, it was a pious practice, a good practice, to be very careful to never take the an adornment, the vows, or oaths because you're likely to transgress them, you're using Hashem's name and all the problems that come with it but in regards to motivating and inspiring yourself to do a mitzvah it is a a praiseworthy practice like we see from David Ambelech and that's the one way of learning the other way of learning is that the shvur, you would not be ghar because, or anything because of Mushpah v'aim in Bahar Sinai nevertheless, what it's teaching us is that to do a mitzvah it's still a praiseworthy act, and it's still something um, worth no, doing. That what do you mean? No, when he's he saying that you here they and just... Do it, you just did do it. No, that's fine, yeah, but yeah, what he's so, but Rav telling us, Rav, telling us, Rav telling us is that it's a good thing to take a shush. If you see that's what's <laughs> going to motivate you, it's a good thing to do, as we see David had after that. <coughs> obviously, obviously, you don't need to take... I can put on fill-in in the morning, but i take in a shush to put on fill-in. I can shake lulab on sukkas without uh, taking a shua. I can be careful to not eat non kosher without taking a shua that I won't. That's not the problem here. The question is, Rav Kiddles actually seems to be implying, and that's what he says, uh, (coughs) and and this is how the Rav Bameh says, this is what Rav Gidol Dovor It's an appropriate thing to do. The to take a to um, take a Mitzvah. Even who are careful to not take a shwah, Or they take a Shu'a to do the shenemar, as it says. I take a shua and I kept it. Kalama Shai right? Domino, you also can't even see that topic. just to do this. So you see that's so obviously you can do the middle now, but it's still a worthwhile thing to do to motivate you, to inspire you. So if you see, ah, you're struggling to do X, and you need a little bit of uh, help, take a shua. It's a crazy thing to do. Um, that's the first Rabbi. Now we're going to an uh, extension of this. up well, Amarab Oh that's okay. Um, if someone says, I will get up early and I will learn this peric or I will learn this he has made a huge shua, a great shua to the God of Yisrael. And <laughs> um, we're just on the seventh line of Chesamud 8a. And um, so that we just, Kiddal just said, if someone t- says, almost, he doesn't even use the language of a neder asho, but he says, I will get up early and I will learn this perik or I will learn this masehta. Um He's made a great neder to Hashem. Leran points out, he says, um, even those using the phrase neder godel. Obviously, we're speaking about a shvur, because remember, netter is on an object, and shvur is on an action you will do. You can't take a netter on an intangible thing. Okay, and then he goes into uh, uh, proving that. Um, And then he says... Yeah, let's just finish of the, the teaching in the Gemara. So he's made a great Godal when he says, "I'll get up to learn." It says, But isn't he mush va'aymei? Hasn't he already taken a shvur, as we just explained in the first Rebbe? Every a person we took a shvur at the time of Har to keep mitzvahs, and therefore, if we take a shvur to do a mitzvah or to not transgress a mitzvah, doesn't really take effect. The, uh, the Ran seems to learn only in regard to if you transgress it, bring in a carbon but other learn at all. But here, we, he's saying it's a great thing as if you're taking a shuwa, but how can it be? halal does not take effect on another shuwa, does not make a much What's he saying? Maybe he'll say, da filu maybe he's taking a shuwa to push himself. He realizes he's uh, been struggling to learn every day or to get up to learn. So he takes a shvur that he'll learn tomorrow. But again, it says, "Ha'nu the So that's what we just learned in the previous Rav that it's a praise and I don't know if it's praiseworthy, but it's at least a worthwhile thing to take a shvur to inspire and motivate you to do a mitzvah. So that can't be what Rav coming to say. And he says, no This is what he's coming to teach us. the Shachris if he wanted to exempt himself, with, he could exempt himself with Kriya Shema Shachris for Arvis, and because of this, his Shvua to learn another perech does take effect. So how does the run explain all of this? Um, so first he says, I'm just uh, reading uh, excerpts from the run, so I'm not going to show you where it is. Um, but he says that towards the end of the rand, He says, It's a great and praiseworthy, worthwhile, uh, not only just worthwhile, it's great and praiseworthy to take such uh, and then if you're going to, maybe that's what means. He says, if that's the case, that's exactly what Rambudal just said. So when it says a neder kaddal, it means it's a great neder, a great shua that you actually have to keep. It's not just a praiseworthy thing to do, like we learned in the previous piece of Rav Gidl, because that we already know to take a shloah to do, to motivate you to do a mitzvah. Is a praiseworthy, worthwhile thing to do. But when we say neder it means it's actually a neder. So now he's going to have to explain how it does, how do you, how's it a neder? How's it an actual neder or sure and remember, we pointed out at the beginning, often Neder is used generically. Um, but how is he going to explain that? Because don't we have the principle Mushba Va'oymer Dvin Sinai? And with the more answer no. you just say Kriyat Shma you could be Yoter with just Kriya Shma Obviously, it says It's logical to me. I'm reading in the Ram Divra Maskil Hakomash Vazan Etc. It's about Six wild lines in if you want to follow says, Mistabri, is logical to me. Dela Dafka de and not specifically that you exempt from learning with just saying Kriyashma in the morning and the night. Why? Chare of Tamid Yom The person is obligated to learn day and night according to his ability. Ability is a very <coughs> obviously according to your energy levels. But according to what your job allows, according to what your family allows, but a person, according to his kodesh, according to his resources, is obligated to learn davenan. Vamirin to kiddushin. Tan rabon veshinanta. You divrei torah ma chudarim beficha sheim yish alecha adam davar she loy tisk gam gam ve'taymelav chulu. Says and so how much and we learn in mesech we learn in meseches kiddushin that when it says veshinanta. In the, second, in the paragraph of Hashanah, it, it must be sharp in your mouth that if someone asks you a question, you're not um, um, stumbling. That you can say clearly. So that's a, that's how far our obligation to learn Torah extends. So what does it mean that you potter me be kriyashma So he says, kriyashma If you're just going to say kriyashma in the morning and the night, you're not going to reach that level. If someone asks you a question, you're going to be able to answer sharply. You're going to know, actually... Very little you're going to know, you're going to be able to answer. So, this is a proof for what I've written, that I write in Perich, Fuhr, Stein, Basra, etc. The Kol Midi, that's where he elaborated on this point. So it the Kol Midi, the Isimidrosha, anything that's learnt out from a Drosha. Even though it is from the Torah, since it is not explicit in the possible the shvur takes effect on it. And this is a very important principle that the Rambam holds high, and he said, is that again we have this principle. We've already taken a shvur to do mitzvah to not transgress about Har sinai. and if we would say that a does not take effect on an That's only on things that are explicit in the Passover. So, so therefore, he says, and this is what we're saying, since it just says in the Passover, regarding learning that it's when you go to sleep and when you get up, explicitly, that's your obligation to learn Torah, you could fulfill your obligation with, that's what it says when you go to sleep and when you get out. Also, you fulfilled your door, riser obligation that's clear in the Torah. Therefore, when he takes a shpur to learn more than that, again, now you're right, according to the rambam says, you have an obligation to learn more. You have an obligation to learn as much as you can. Depending on your personal situation, how much time do you have to spend at work, what's your family situation, etc. But you have an obligation to learn as much as you can. But still, the shuwa takes effect on that obligation because that obligation is learned out from a drosha. So when Rapido comes along and says, if you take a shuwa to learn an extra peric, right, uh, some actually learn peric here means um, ta. you take uh, to learn an extra 15 minutes, to learn an extra hour, to learn, uh, or to learn another masetta, to learn more. Um, to learn something, it's a neter godl, it's a fully effective letter. Again, just to reiterate the point that the Ram Chirish oh, but isn't it a chiv in the Torah to learn and Enshvu HaLoshvu? No, you fulfill the, ex- you're out. there's a chiv to learn as much as you can, basically the whole thought. Just um, the <coughs> exception, that, that rule that Enshvu HaLoshvu is only by something that is explicit in the Torah. And that you could fulfill with Kriyash Ma'shaqa's iris. But the drosha, okay, the drosha is also 100% bad at 100% toraisa. isa, but this principle of Mushova doesn't apply to drosha's, you would be high of, um, so you would be, so therefore it would be a fully effective ner Roshua. Um, interestingly enough, yo, there's, a big, this is not, uh, there's a big discussion here amongst the Ushunim. What is one's obligation amongst the Ushunim and the Ushunim? There are other opinions on this. What is our obligation to learn? What exactly does the Gomorrah mean when it says, um, you can fulfill your obligation with creation Shachris for I mean, we know we have this. We have Gisaboyama Delilah. You should labor in it day and night. Um, here we have a shinantang, you should learn until it's sharp in your mouth. It's, not, it's a little bit vague exactly what the mitzvah is, but this is the RANS approach. We're not going to go into other approaches now, but just something to consider. Again, we've said that you have to learn, I don't know if the right word is, every spare moment, because obviously you also have to make time to learn, but strictly speaking, you only have to learn in every spare moment. What is a spare moment? Obviously, sleeping and eating are not considered a spare moments. You have to have a job. You have to work. So that's also not a spare moment. So where where are your spare moments? Um, the famous Gemara. there was a, it was in Yuma. We had. Um, what's it Yuma? That uh, what's it? Joseph obligates the beautiful. Uh, it's, a, it's a Gemara. It brings different sages who imposed the obligation to learn on different people, and it speaks about who is was a uh, very wealthy person. Each because each person in their Hillel is Mahaya Vesaniyim. Hillel obligates Daniyim. We said basically who was more poor than Hillo and he made time to learn, and who was more wealthy than I don't remember who and he made time to learn, and who was more. Uh, um, hands on the heels and he didn't get distracted and made time to you know everyone has their excuse why they're not able to learn but we actually have to cut out time but again strictly speaking and it's a it is something worth thinking about what is my spare time and what is my thing and also can need that uh, you come home from a hectic day of work obviously allowed a bit of time to relax but you get home at five do you need to relax till 10 and then go to sleep that's uh, you know you can debate if that's uh, considered time you need, or spare time, and you should be learning. A um, little bit of Musa. Then coming along, uh, next, teaching of Rabidu, Omer, Gidu, Omer, Rav, If someone says, let us get up and learn this parrot, and let's get up and uh, have a Chabrusa before davening," It says, all of Lahashkim, he has to get up earlier. It's his responsibility to, he initiated He's got to get up earlier. As it says, He said to me, this is Hashem, Kum say El Habikah, Come to the valley and I'll speak to you there. And I went to the valley and there the presence of Hashem, the glory of Hashem, was standing. And we see Hashem made a point of going there first. And the Ran points out that he's actually teaching two points in this. Firstly, the be al Ba'alma le Mitzvah Mahanya. Just an acceptance. I am not a proper shua, By a mitzvah, takes effect. He says <coughs> very similar. To um I mean, here there's no language. I just say, should we have a chabrusa tomorrow morning before davening? That's uh, acceptance to do a mitzvah that you have to, and you have to make a point of being there first because you initiated it, as we learned from Hashem was there first before Yeheskel because He said He initiated the the interaction. Then He says. Um, yeah, he says, This is very similar to what we said, was it yesterday's daf or the day before, that just saying your gift tzedakah is effective. And that's, so, so too, this would be about all mitzvahs. He's extending it to, you accept, again, not through the language of a neder or a you just accept... <coughs> Um, to do the mitzvah, it takes effect. That's the first point is teaching us. And then the second point is teaching us that, again, this is the more clear point, is that all of the Hashem, that you have to get up earlier, um, as we see Hashem did by, um, by Yeshua. Okay, next teaching, uh, we go back to nidui to uh, excommunicating. Someone remember that's what we were discussing before we got sidetracked by these teachings of Rav Gido. So Amar Rav Yosef Nidu b'chalom. what happens if someone's put in nidui by a dream? It says, sorry, he needs 10 men to release him from it, But who, and you should get men who have learned hilchasa. But if they just... Learned Mishnah Mishnayos. No, that doesn't count. You, should, you, you shouldn't you should use them. The Elake at the Tony Hill So there what, the, what, what Rabbi Yosef is teaching us, firstly, we take a dream, someone dreams that they've been excommunicated, we take that dream, that maybe they are in trouble in Shamayim, and Shamayim or punishment, and they must go and get them, their needle their excommunication released by 10 men. Why 10 men? So the one explanation is because the Shechina rests amongst ten men. He was put in he was put in Kheirem by the heavenly courts. That's why it happened in a dream. He was, was excommunicated, so he has to be released in front of the Shechina as well. And then he says, and what's, and this is people have learned Hilchisa, either we mean people have learned like Gomorrah as opposed to just Mishnah, or some people say someone who's actually turned to, taught Torah as opposed to someone who's just learned Torah. It says, Avali, like, what happens if you can't find ten such people? So if you can't find people who have learned Gemara, then it's okay, use people who have learned Mishnah. And... The E like a layzer the layzer v'aparosh. What happens if you can't find even people who have learned Mishnah? So it says not the E like a layzer the layzer v'aparosh. So go goes at the crossroads the Yav Shlomo leBayud and give offer greetings to ten people and the asara leGimri Gimri halacha until you have been able to collect ten people who have learned halacha. How does this help this ten person thing? So the Ran says. Because when they return, they gre- you re- greet someone, Shalom Aleichem, they're going to return greetings with Shalom, and that greeting of Shalom will protect you from the heavenly punishment that is due, and the reason that you were put in Cherem. Uh, Another answer, let me see what the Rosh says. is. Um, Yeah, thought, um, there's another explanation, I can't find it now, but that's one explanation of the advantage of uh, this um, need of uh, speaking to ten people, is they'll push off the punishment that that will come. Um, yeah. What happens if in your dream, you know who put you in Khairin? Are You dreamt of a person who's alive and... They put you in, in nidui. Can you go ask them to release you? So Amrela Shemhute Shah Yah Shliach, and Mishri Lo Shah He says no. As far as we know, to put him in excommunication, to excommunicate him, Shalma made him a Shliach, and that's why he appeared in your dream and put you in declared you in uh, ex declared excommunicated. However, who says that Shalma is granting him the Shliach to release you from your Nidui? So you would still need ten people. What happens if he saw himself being put in, uh, saw himself excommunicated in a dream, and then also in a dream they released him from his excommunication. Say, it it could be different dreams, it doesn't matter. The same order, the same or difference, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. So Omar Lay says to him, bar tevin, just as it's impossible to have grain without the straw, i something substantial without the the flat the nonsense, says belot It's also impossible to have a dream without nonsense in it. I so it doesn't help to be because maybe the real part of the dream that he was put in Nidui, and the uh, imaginary part of the dream. That's not imaginary? The yeah, and the the battalion, the nonsense part of the dream that he was released. So who says that he was actually released? Um, that's the uh, um. So, so that's that's my answers. You would still need ten people to release you from your needing Now the Gemara, the uh, yeah. There's a few interesting discussions around this. One of them is, is this a Khumro? Is this like Din? How seriously do you have to take this? Or do you actually maybe have to practice the law as if you're in Nidui, like, you know, not talking to people with invalid numbers, etc Do you have to actually practice those? Because you're putting Nidui in Shwan, or is it just a stringency, Um So interesting uh, things to take, <coughs> to take this. A new point, Ravina Nidra Ravina's wife had taken a vow. He came before Rav Hashem. Can a husband act as an agent for the regret of his wife? if His wife, um, we know one of the ways to be released from a nether is you go before either a, ex, a great sage or between three regular people, and you say, if I had... They, they look for a pet, they look for an opening, and come kind of, oh, if I had known X, I would not have taken the netter, then your netter is und- cancelled. It it's it's uh, as if you never took it. So, can a husband do that on behalf of his wife? Now, the question that uh, I going to Yeah he said, but wait. Um, well, there are two questions. The, the more... Underlying question is can't a husband do uh, uh, what's it hafora annul his wife's in Either too there's two there's hafora releasing someone from their nera that's using this mechanism of uh, finding an opening, or there's hafora, a husband has the power to just cancel his wife's in So there are a few possibilities why that so why is um, why is Ravina going to Ravashi? Why doesn't he just do it himself? <coughs> So the Gomorrah, <coughs> so the various commentaries. like here explain that no, Either we discuss there's only two types of Dorim that a husband is allowed to annul. One either ones that affect him, I affect the relationship, or ones that cause her affect her physically. Those are the ones that's allowed to annul. So if let's say she took a nether uh, on th- on the, any other something that doesn't fall into those two categories. Then she would, uh, then he would not be allowed to allow it. It could also be that when he heard the narrative he was like, "Oh, it's a good marriage." Once he's affirmed that he's not allowed to cancel it. So he'd have to go to a chacham. I guess the third possibility is if he doesn't annul it on the same day that he hears about it. You know, if he doesn't annul it on the same day that he hears about it, he also can't annul it. So maybe it's one of those three scenarios, and uh, that's why he had to go ask Ravashi. Could he go on behalf of his wife? Now the Ran says there's two ways to look at this question. The first way he mentions is the question specifically by a husband. That maybe a husband can cause a shliach on behalf of his wife. But another person could definitely not go on behalf of someone else. I, You can't ask me, look, uh, I can't make it to Shul tomorrow, and, it's, uh, and they're doing Hattoros in the Dorim, can you do it for me? That's the says. obviously you can't do that, but specifically by a husband and his and a wife, why? Because of Ishtar Kukufa, a wife is like himself. That's the Ran's uh, first way of learning. Um... Yeah, I'm not clear why. Why should it be obvious that that person can't send a shliach? But it seems it is important and maybe even essential that a person doing a torish he himself stands before the three. Um. um before the three judges and then he he just I'll, I'll mention the answer to that now and the, the but we'll see it in the morning says, and then the conclusion is um afalka the ishtok kufa even though we do say ishtok kufa loy he kiluga bei bao ella he gedema kanfi husband shouldn't really do it unless they have already gathered the people avot de lgif nile gaat to de gaat to actively uh, um gather people and set up the scenario that the husbands are not in the netter. He shouldn't do. So technically he can but the go. That's how they run it. Then he brings, he says, Abba actually learned the opposite way around. That I, it's specifically by other people you definitely can act as a shriach and it's specifically by his wife that he can't act as a shriach. Why can't, why why should he not, why should he be allowed to act on half of everyone else but not his wife? So Tossus explained, because by himself, he's like more sensitive to his wife and he might like stretch it a little bit to get her netheren out. And therefore we can't really trust him. And we'll see the answer to Tossus, let's just read it inside. So he says, Again, Rabino asks, can I say, can I act as a shliak to, uh, to get my wife's vows um, permitted. So if there are already three people gathered in, then you can. But if there are not three people gathered, then you can't. So according to the Rana explanation, as we saw is, look, if they're already gathered, go ahead and do it. But you shouldn't put in the effort to act as a shliach for your wife to to do Taurus uh, and She should rather do it herself. So once you have to go ahead and Honestly, yeah. And find, get three people to set up the scenario, if the scenario is already set up, uh, I'm sitting before you, giving a shiri anyway, then I remember my wife asked me, she took a neck and I went, okay, that's fine, but to go ahead and put the thing in motion that I'm going to do that Torah, a while, rather let her gather three people, then you gather three people, because it's better if she does it. And that's how the run as says, we said, is the opposite. He says, by other people, obviously, you can act as a shliach, by your wife, there is not so good that you should actually, yeah, because you're going to stretch it to help her. You might, uh, what's it, uh, exaggerate a little, underplace it, You know, you're not, you might not be 100%. So, therefore, so therefore Tossos explains, and he says, no, if you have to go and gather the people, once you put in, you've got these two factors. One is you're putting in a lot of effort to get this letter and out, to get it to find three people you know how hard it is if you miss one of those groups on Hattores and the Ereb you know how hard it is to find three people to uh, listen to you. So, so, so you're putting in that effort. Plus it's your wife that you want to uh, want to annul her that you want to annul her in Darum, you want to help her. Those two factors, we can't trust you to do it properly. But, if there are already three people and you, you can just do it, then it's fine to act as a shliach on behalf of your wife. Interesting question is, we don't see that women do have Taurus Nidorim on Erev Rosh Hashanah. The issue of Nidorim applies equally to men and women, and the severity of it is equal to men and women. In some scenarios, it even seems that women are a bit more flippant with uh, at least one of the G'monites have with Nidorim, when she goes, like, I promise you this, I swear I won't, or, and, you know. Uh, all, um, I mean, both parents, but uh, women are generally more spend more time with the children. How often do your children make you say uh, "never again" or something like that? You know, uh, uh, why did I just saw uh, uh, a meme? It says, "As soon as I tell my children," as soon as I say, I mean, it's not exactly, but as soon as I say, my children would never. They come nevering like you ne- like you never could imagine, <laughs> like no one's never ever before. <laughs> Um, so that's I mean children push so but, but either way, notorium are equal to men and women, so why don't we find do, a woman doing Hattoris notorium? I do remember at Glicksburg, if I remember, if I remember correctly, our Glicksburg used to say I'm doing Hattoris notorium for myself and my wife. And I mean, I guess that would be fine and work, but I'm not sure, like that doesn't seem to be the standard meaning that men do Hattoris On for their wives, then we have to question why aren't wives doing Hattoris notorium? And some like say, okay, they rely on what's called Nidre, but it's an interesting question. Um, yeah. So now the Gomorrah points out, he says, Shwamina class, we learn three halakhas from you. shliach, We see that a, at essence, a husband can be a shliach for the regret of his wife. We also learn from here that a person is not allowed to permit a neder in the place of his rab. Why didn't Ravina himself just gather three people, <laughs> himself as an expert sage, and now um, do hatoras nadorim for his wife? Why did he have to go to Rabashi, the Rabbi? It must be because yeah. you don't it's a lack of covert to uh a the tarim when your Rabbi's around. Um, interestingly, the Ran al Al says Loy Shori, it's not allowed to. The Razgirsa was it's not appropriate to. But either way, um it's, uh, a person shouldn't annul the letter in front of them when they're is, when they couldn't in the same city or place as their rebbies. And then the third thing we learn is If they're already gathered, then you can annul the letter in front of them. It says, Now the Gomorrah asks, Vashamta uh, not answered, it, it points out, again, it's not part of the above halacha, but it's just the following part of the above incident, but it's following on. Oh, it says, to release someone from. Excommunication. You can do it even if your rabbi's in that town. If your rabbi's in that town, you can release it. You don't have to make sure to go before your rabbi. Part of that is the the severity and the, of uh, you don't have to push someone and delay that they in that they excommunicated for longer than necessary. It says we shamta and the uh, expert individual is also allowed to permit. Excommunication. I release a person from excommunication. Again, and you do, what he's also saying is you don't need the same person who put him in excommunication to release him. Again, by Shomayim we said you do, but here he seems to be saying you don't. Omer Rav bar Zavid, Omer Rav bar Tabla, Omer Aricha, in the name of Rav Chia, the tall the Rav Achai, of the Yeshiva of Rav Chai, Omer Rav Zeira, Omer Rav Lozor, Omer Rav Hanina, Omer Rav Meshav Mishmeid, the Rav Yehuda bar it's a very long uh, tradition that we have in this teaching. It says, what does it mean when it says, It will shine for you those who fear my name. It says, It adam." So, um, There are people who are careful to um, to say Hashem's name levatolah. Uh, Hashem says, "I will shine for those who." So, those who are extra careful with saying Hashem's name for no reason, extra careful with prophets, um, extra careful with uh, etc. With uh, how, whenever they say Hashem's name, Hashem shines. Shemesh, Sadoka or merape. Um, the Sun of Charity and Healing. We learn from the second half of the passage, the dust particles in the sun will heal. I think it means, you know, sometimes when you see the sun through the window and you can see the dust particles, seems to be referring a little bit to that as that's what will heal. Um, so that's the special power of the sun that will heal and heal. Uh, and also it will shine for the tzaddikim, for the pious people who are extra careful about um, the d'orim. Interesting uh, about, sorry, not the d'orim saying Hashem's name in vain. Remember, this is going back to part of our deviation. Remember, we, we were discussing, um, we mentioned the severity of saying Hashem's name. And that okay, when someone mentions Hashem's name appropriately, it brings brocha. And where someone mentions Hashem's name inappropriately, the bracha, uh, shush, uh false oath or a brach, etc., that brings poverty. So this is a great reward for those who are extra careful. Interestingly enough, the tomorrow in Baba Kama says if someone wants to be a chosid, um I don't remember exactly how the Gemari went, but it basically brings three things. One is, Be careful with brachas. Be careful with brachas. Be careful with mili. Or the alochas of... Damaging and be careful of other people's property, and it kind really the avos full de, de, be careful with the words taught in meseches avos. So there are different ways to explain what they're referring to, but the Orach at the beginning, where he's discussing yitzchus brachos, bro, saying brachos on food, he says this is how you become a chosid. There's so many areas that are vague and unclear, and times, okay you can get away with a shaykhol, or it's a sulfate so you don't say a bracha or something says you want to be a chassid, be extra careful with uh, not falling into the trap of, you know, saying brocha that you might not eat, maybe saying the wrong brokha um, you know, doing uh, things like that, always uh, being careful with brocha so that again like, instead of um, you know, sometimes you eat a certain amount and also something you say after brocha or do you not say brocha do you say so either don't eat in the first case, or if you're going to eat in that scenario, or uh, Eat uh, or eat a bit more. That you definitely have to say the bracha You uh, know things like that to be to avoid that to be to fulfill this requirement of being very careful with brachas. And Hashem is especially special Hashem will take the sun out of it." Sheath uh, and tzaddikim is rapping over the Rishonim, the sun itself will heal the tzaddikim and it will judge the Rishonim. It says, "The Zocher Yoreshmi Yoreh It will shine for those who fear my name, for the tzaddikim, Shemesh, etc. Stock or Marpet, who brings the stock healing. The Lord Elohim is, is Adlin. Not only that, i will actually enjoy it. As it says, "V'vitziem u'kishtim ka'agla marvei." And I will take it out and they will thrive like young calves in the stable and the Rishoyim will be judged by it as it continues over there a day is coming when burning like an oven um, etc. and all the Zaydim and all the Rishon will be like straw before a flame and that's the sun in the future when the Rishon will be judged not by Gehenna but through the sun